Um, hey everybody, what's going on? It's uh, Matthew here with Rooted Group. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, so I do communications for Rooted, um, and I am extremely fortunate <clears throat> in doing communications. I speak to a lot of people uh, from all different walks of life in and out of the industry um, and kind of get to hear their their opinions and their thoughts on how things go. So um, super excited to kind of share those conversations with you guys and, and that perspective. Um, so yeah, today's episode, uh, it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's an interesting one. It's one that I don't know of anyone who who has openly said anything about this, um, though everyone feels it. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> we are going to be talking about how the cannabis industry is legal but hostile. Um, and what I mean by hostile is – um, there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of fighting back and forth, right? Whether directly or indirectly, there's a lot of bad business moves um, as a result of you know pettiness, different things like that. Um, and so, kind of, we want to dive into that um, and give some examples. Uh, we don't want to name off people when we talk about you know some of these uh, these host these hostile acts. I definitely would say that the industry is very hostile. Um, and everyone would, would at least everyone that I've talked to within the industry would say that as well, um, in just you know more of a private conversation. Um, but it's kind of unique, right? Because there's different sections of the industry, right? There's you know the retailers, there's distributors, there's you know there's lab tests, there's all these different kind of licenses, if you will. Um, but let's just say, for the sake of of this podcast and this episode, we're going to talk about mainly two. Um, and that's, that's the cultivators and the retailers. Uh, it's very, very interesting because <clears throat> I always hear, I always hear different things about, uh, about cultivators, right? That they are actually very welcoming, right? It's actually kind of really cool because there's a lot of helping each other out, sharing different techniques and all these things. Um, I hear about it all the time. It's really incredible and it's beautiful to hear. It's what... Um, for example, the industry needs in order to keep keep progressing. Um, and so I think the cultivators are doing an excellent job and we need to give them the praise um, that they deserve for, for being open and working together to create uh, the best products for us. So the um, <clears throat> so let's give praise where praise is due. Cultivators do an excellent job um, at sharing their techniques, sharing their little secrets, if you will. Um, to make sure that we always get the best possible um, flower. So, um, and even with that, you think about just the progression of the plant in of itself, right? To where you look at stuff. I could think back when when I was younger. Just you know what I mean. The the quality of flower that you'd get um, compared to now is is night and day. Right, and you see it with potency and stuff like that. Though that's, I guess, another discussion in terms of how real that is. But um, it's kind of uh, crazy just to see just the just the overall the aroma, the 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 look, the aesthetics, the taste, all these different things. It's 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 pretty amazing. So good job to the cultivators. Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing and, and keep leading by example for sure. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's great. Um, but uh, we also, with the good, we always got to mention the bad, right? 
because um, that's that's why we're here. We're here to talk about kind of the tough things, and so uh, and hopefully trying to get us together to to do better. So uh, retailers on the other side, right? There's uh, there's no helping. Um, there's no friends. There's no. It's it's pretty incredible, um, actually, just to see kind of the. Um, the hostility towards retailers. It's a very, yeah, with retailers, to be honest, I, I just, I feel like it's a very uneducated way of, of handling business um, and going about it with the brands, the retailers, stuff like that. Um, so <clears throat> there's a company that's just happened recently. It's kind of funny. Uh, this company, uh, this brand actually, uh, had a distributor for a really long time. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's been issues and stuff with the distributor and all that. We we all, I'm sure, have experience with it because it's a really big brand. Um, and then they decided uh, overnight. Well, of course, internally it wasn't overnight. But we all heard overnight that they have now moved distributors. Um, and so there was a letter released and there was a letter by each one of the parties. The, the, the distributor that got now the business and the distributor that lost it. And you could kind of read between the lines, if you will, on just kind of how uh, how that situation was handled, right? Of course, we don't know the inner workings um, and what all kind of has conspired in order for that to happen. Uh, nonetheless, doing something like that um, just furthers kind of the hostility within the industry, right? Furthers the fact that we're competing with one another, right? Um, rather than we're competing against the black market, right? It's something that I'm always going to keep bringing up on this on this podcast that we are we don't compete with one another licensees we compete with black market um and then once then for example the legal market's ahead um and is now you know the the main market if you will uh then then we could then start compete with each other and, and get the best possible service product you name it for the consumer but um but yeah first we got to band together and so um but <clears throat> you see this all throughout as well right and um, why, why this is, I think it's because of how the industry is made up, um, more than anything. So the industry is made up of really just two different kinds of people, right? At least from, you know, once again, it's just strictly my experience talking to, you know, different people that I talk to. Um, but the industry is made up of, of people who, who sold cannabis before, right? And kind of, kind of bring kind of that illegalness with them, right? And so then you also have uh, the business people, right? The people that don't know anything about the industry or the culture or, you know, the people within it. And they're doing it strictly for the dollar, right? And a dollar that, that doesn't exist, they learn once they get in it. So um, it's kind of funny though. I think because it's made up of those two different uh, those two different, very different types of people, it then creates uh, kind of that hostility, right? I think naturally people that, that conduct business in an illegal market, right, they are naturally more hostile towards each other, right? When you look just at, you could think of anything that is, is kind of done illegally, whether or not it should be illegal or not, it's kind of irrelevant when it comes to this topic. Um, it's more so just the fact that, um, you kind of are doing something illegal and that though, even if it shouldn't be, but you kind of conduct business a certain type of way. And it's a very aggressive way of doing business. 
Um, and it's very in your face and it's very, um, it rubs people the wrong way for sure. Um, and then you have then the business people, right? That, uh, they don't even understand the first thing about the culture, right? Um, and you kind of seen that, right? In some of these, some of these brands, right? And these retailers that, um, that are pretty big, they'll go and they're hire, for example, like tobacco executives, right? Um, anyone that is, that's been in cannabis knows that's not, there's, there's not much that, uh, that is comparable between the two, right? Um, a tobacco executive, I don't see how it would help your cannabis business mainly because of then just such a strong culture that cannabis has. Um, but with that, right, they do things that are, for example, right, and stuff we've discussed in previous episodes, you're, you're slashing prices, right? You're, you're a, it's called a race to the bottom, right? So you're going <clears throat> as low as you possibly can, and the business people will eventually always win. But uh, I would probably say, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe 40%. Mm. And I'm sure they're approached with hostility as far as like them not coming from a cannabis background yeah for sure yeah it's very obvious too when you just kind of look for example if it's a brand right um you can kind of just see how how the brand even just in terms of their advertising you could kind of tell yeah. right it's kind of funny right if, if you've been in the industry for a while you could see these things um but um yeah so i think that's why i think it's because it's two completely different people right they're going at each other. I, you know, there's one retailer I could think of <clears throat> in particular that's lost literally millions of dollars every single month. Um, and they did so in an act to, they told their investors through, um, to, to get market share, right? But like market share of what? <laughs> like once again, you're not fighting other legal people. You're fighting the black market, right? So it doesn't really make sense, Right. Um, but knowing that, then how does anyone then compete with someone who loses millions of dollars? There, there's no way. Right. I guess the answer is then you get investors. Yeah. Right. I guess that's kind of the only answer. But um, it's also not realistic, It's not realistic. And, and that's not how that's not what the culture consists of. Right. The culture consists of if you look at, you know, back in the day, you go and you figured it out. <laughs> right. And you don't want to have to disclose a bunch of information and you don't want to have to do this. Um, though I think some of these people that are now in the industry hurt the industry as a re- result of being like that. Uh, there's a lot of benefit to it for sure. And, um, and, and it, I think at the end of the day, you've got to keep the culture because that's ultimately what's so beautiful about the industry. Uh, it's the culture. So it's the fact that, that we say it doesn't really matter what you say, for example, the government. Um, we're going to do what we feel is right, you know, and we won't do what we feel is wrong. So it's kind of cool, that, that power that, that a lot of uh, operators have kind of taken and, and put on themselves. So, um, but yeah, but I think, I think with that, knowing the two different kinds, right, it's, it's hard. I think it's a heavy regulated industry. Right. And so, so if you don't have any kind of business background, right. And like just understanding the structure and the systems of a business, right. You cannot make it. It's impossible. You're a bad company. There's no other way to put it. If you don't have systems within your company, you're a bad company and you shouldn't be operating. Right. And in time you won't be 
right? Even if you have a good product or something like that. Um, and we're seeing that every single day. You see companies that you would think would be there a long time, they're, they're closing up shop. Yeah, so, uh, so the people that, that don't have any kind of you know, business background or don't even want to, right? And I promise there's a lot of them. Um, they, uh, they don't understand the importance of systems, and, and especially within an organization. And with that, uh, they're, not, they're not able to make it, right? They're a bad company. They're kind of, in the previous episode, I gave an example on how uh, I think you see it in distribution more than anything else, right? It's the fact that they, um, uh, you, know, you don't even know when the product's coming. So as a retailer, you place an order, right? You don't even know when it's showing up. Right, you like that to me is insanity. You know what I mean? How are you supposed to make any projections? Yeah, there's no way your cash flow is shot. You don't know. You can't. You can't plan for anything, right? And then, and then, let's say the product shows up, and let's say there's metric issues, right? There's metric issues because they don't have a system in place. They don't have SOPs. They don't have these things. People are just shooting from the hip. I've, I no joke, have been in an opera. I've been in a facility, right? This facility, several million dollars. Super duper nice. It's a grow and uh, distribution and manufacturing, right? It's micro license. And it's super nice. Like, I mean, this is state of the art stuff, right? And so we're walking through doing like a quick little tour. It's a great spot, great people. Um, but uh, they, don't, they don't understand really the business side of it and the system side of it. They're writing stuff down on like a notepad. Right, with UID numbers and all these different things, and I'm thinking like, how in the world are you keeping track of that? There's no way. And in fact, what do you mean? You just look at the notepad. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you just look at the notepad. You're good to go. But like, what happens if you put a, a, a six instead of a five? You, you get what I mean? Like, there's so many different little things that like this doesn't make sense. I remember even saying a comment like, "Hey, I don't like." Uh, how do you keep track of this? Like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. So uh, it's just kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I think that those people who understand the culture, a lot of times they just don't understand the business side, right? And and I think the industry needs more people who who understand the culture and understand the business side, right? Um, because then you'll understand, once again, that you're not competing with each other, right? Um, and once again, you're here to help each other. Right in what you're doing, and so um, instead you continue to to kind of race to the bottom, and the consumer always wins, right? So the only one who's who's benefiting is the person buying the product for cheaper, right? And so uh, someone who sold it at a loss, for example, or with barely with razor thin margins that they're already razor thin, um, you're not able to sustain that unless you're selling it at such high quantities. Right, uh, you need your economies of scale need to be so high; it's it's near impossible to sustain. I think that's also a lack in the professionalism of accounting and mm-hmm. bookkeeping, like all that stuff is brand new to people. You know what I mean? Like, what do they have to worry about before? Really, like, yeah, you're talking about like, for example, like a like a black market operator compared to illegal. Yeah, 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 like they're you yeah. know small time black market, like they deal with cash in hand and like. You know, you got the notepad system, honestly. You, like, write down the stuff and, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's no payroll and taxes you account for, rent and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, coming to someone who now needs that doesn't understand it. Yeah. yeah. 
brand new. Yep. Yep. And then there's the, then there's the people who understand that side too well. They don't understand the culture. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yo, what are you doing? You're messing up with the culture. Yeah. Because as a black market person, like it's get the money now. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily planning ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, of course, there's more successful ones than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a generalization, but I think it's I think it's a fair fair statement. Because um, at the end of the day, I think it all just comes down to systems, right? I think, uh, like, think about McDonald's, right? Uh, have you seen the founder? Yeah, it's really good, right? Really, really good. I can't believe that's how it went down. Uh, big shout out to San Bernardino, though, right? <laughs> big know, shout right? out to Michael Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> and so, um, but you see in that, right? Um, the thing that McDonald's had that that nobody else had uh, was the systems, right? They did not um, – they didn't put stuff on a plate, right? They put it inside uh, – they put it in paper and handed it to you, right? That was unheard of at the time, yet it's so much more efficient. You get what I'm saying? And then now that gets adopted the whole way through, right, where – where these a lot of these operators don't have any systems in place, right? So like, so the inefficiency costs you so much money, right? And and it's kind of remarkable. It's not something that you even pay attention to as like a, a like first time legal business owner. Um, sorry, man, my phone keeps getting blown up. I'm taking screenshots of calls. Um, Remind you for later. Yeah, yeah exactly. This person called <laughs> instead of looking at the missed calls. Um, basically, if you don't have systems in place either, you're operating at a loss, guaranteed. I don't care who you are. There's no way you have you have positive net. So um, yeah, there's there's just absolutely no way to do it. Right, and you see, for example, we're heavy on the delivery side, right? And uh, I believe it's slightly over forty percent of delivery services, right, that start fail within the first year. Right? When you think about how hard it is to get licensed, right? Think about how hard it is to get licensed, and then you think about the fact that they went through all that; they're now operating. Which, once again, I also think people think. Now that you're selling cannabis, you're going to be rich all of a sudden, um, which is not true at all. Yeah, so if you've never been in the industry before, I, I don't think you could make it because there's so much culture in the industry, right? Um, you know what I mean? It's kind of like trying to start up a nice restaurant and never have, you know what I mean, worked for one of the, the top chefs. or You know what I mean? Just something like that, right? It just doesn't really happen because um, it's just not really feasible. Um, and then... And then also, if you've really only had experience in the industry, I don't think you're going to make it either because you don't understand then systems because they've never then had systems in place before. You see what I mean? Um, so if you don't understand both of those things, I, I don't think it's possible to make it. And we see it, we see it every single day, right? Um, we see it every single day. We've worked with a lot of, of people. You know what I mean? In terms of just delivery alone, about 25% of the whole industry, um, legal industry, and um, and quite a few of them fail. And it's very noticeable, very fast, and we try our best to support them. At the end of the day, if you, you don't understand some of those things, we just we can't really help you more than we can help you. Um, but it's it's really sad to see. And I think because they lack some of those 
those basic fundamentals of of the industry and the culture and business and the systems. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but what we have seen, what we do want to do, right, and um, really not to get too like salesy here, but what we do want to do is we want to um, we want to keep the culture within the culture. Right. Um, keep the people that have been in it. Right. So if we're now able to help teach and facilitate and orchestrate um, the back end and the systems for these people. Right. At least just a basic understanding um, to where they could just at least use it at the beginning and then create their own systems for their own unique operation. Um, for those who have been in the industry previously, that's that's really what we're trying to do. Um, so it just makes a little bit more sense, right? To keep the culture the way it is and teach them those systems that they need, those business systems they need in order to be successful, right? Um, as through a service. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and because uh, really, too, it's funny, a lot of the times when I'm talking to people, they're, they're mentioning how. Um, so we just acquired, uh, what, like three licenses recently? Um, and uh, the issue, the reason why, when I ask them, hey, what, like, why are you selling? Right? It's the same answer every single time. Even people that have then reached out and saying, hey, will you buy this? And every time I ask them, it's literally the same answer. It's, it's the management side right, or the, or, the, or the infrastructure side of the business. It's too hard. I can't do it. Right? I can't do it while also running the day-to-day. There's no way. So, um, yeah, it's sad. It's sad. But, you know. Why, I, 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 just looping back to the hostility within, you know, the yeah. industry, like, why do you think that, do you think it's because of the hostility that people outside of the industry are hesitant to step into the industry? Oof. Good question. No. Um, no, because... Because people outside of the industry think that it's filled with money. Yeah. Yeah. They think that it's filled with money, but it's not true. Um, you know, I think I think tech kind of has a similar issue to where people think that it's all filled with money, but yeah. tech doesn't make much money. <laughs> it's all funny money. Few of them do, yeah. Yeah, few make all of it, right? So, um, but you know what I mean? All these... All these tech companies have high-rise buildings in San Francisco, right? Like they haven't made a single dollar in revenue. Like that doesn't make sense. But I think the same is is with cannabis, yeah. right? Where we talk to a lot of people that kind of want us to set some stuff up for them, um, and it's all investor backed, right? And I'm like, you don't even. I don't know what financials you're showing people to then give you this money, but. Um, that's smooth talking right there. Yeah, yeah, they're good talkers. Yeah, it's gotta be. I, I think it's the craze though. I think it's new. It's the newest thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, shoot, I feel like if you're not talking about cannabis or Donald Trump, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. So um, yeah, so everyone's just trying to get in it. So in fact, uh, I know uh, uh, so I met with an owner of a of a shop in Los Angeles, a retail shop. Uh, it's one of the bigger ones. But we're talking about some some different things and like you know expanding and how to for, on the delivery side and all that. And uh, it was funny. One thing, so I'm at the shop. It's a nice shop. It's cool. But there's a bunch of brand reps everywhere, 
right? And they're sitting there with the brand reps and the brand reps are sitting there next to their products and they're basically talking to people about the products as they walk in. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember the owner, um, he's like, hey, yeah, man, like if we didn't, if we didn't charge these brands to do this, right, we, we wouldn't be open. <laughs> like this is, this is what's keeping the doors open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's because the margins are so small. I think there's a little bit of hostility naturally in the environment. Yeah. It's part of the culture, yeah. right? And you're never going to get rid of that. I don't necessarily think you want to, mm. right? I think it's going to take a generation or two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where where it's okay, right, to be aggressive, right? It's it's beautiful, right? That's that's how you get what you need and what you want. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there is a right and a wrong way to do it. And so um, – so yeah, I think I think some of those bigger companies have done it the right way. Right? You mentioned Weed Maps. I think Weed Maps, for example, they're they're very aggressive uh, with what they do. Right? You think about you know a bidding system that they have. Uh, that's that's a very aggressive way to to basically always win, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, they make a lot of money for a lot of people, right? And and they've been very successful, and they've kind of had that aggressive. Um, they're like the most hated and most loved company in the industry you know and um and i think they've just done an excellent job though overall at kind of that that middle ground if you will you know what i mean like yeah we're aggressive but we're helping you guys at the same time and and their staff is very very um very very knowledgeable in what to do and if, as long as you listen to them for the most part you're gonna be all right uh, i hear countless stories about like yeah my rep said this and i did it but it's you know of course it's more money so everyone's skeptical but then I did it, and then this did this, you know. And so, you know, you hear a lot of stories like that, so it's pretty cool. Um, but it's also hard, too, because you don't really know how much money these companies are making, right? So a lot of the bigger companies are not making any money. You want to know why? Because either are the smaller ones. So, for example, right, um, you know, I don't mind mentioning their name just because I don't – from my knowledge, they don't exist anymore, but Puffy Delivery – I don't know if you remember Puffy Delivery. Uh, they were based here yeah, at Orange County, I want to say. Um, but uh, yeah, like it was a big colorful one, right? Like, pink. Yep. Yeah, pink. Yeah, they were huge. You saw them everywhere, billboards everywhere. It was crazy. You thought, uh, who was it? Uh, their jeweler, I forget his name. Uh, the jeweler, though, he was one of the partners in it. Uh, real famous jeweler for for celebrities and stuff. Ben Baller. Ben Baller. Yeah. Yep. Ben Baller was a part of that company. Wow. Um, and so, uh, actually they reached out to, uh, to Mo to buy, uh, at cannabis on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. He went, he went to the, the puffy facility and said it was crazy nice. Um, but, um, yeah, they're super aggressive with everything they did. Right. But they definitely obviously didn't have the systems in place, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so they were so big and from the outside, you would think they're doing so well, Right. But in reality, they're just burning cash. That's what they're doing yeah. until they have no more cash to burn. And now no one knows who they are. You see what I mean? Um, and that's what we're seeing a lot of times. right? If where where are they even burning this cash? I don't understand. Uh, just I, I, think, I think part of it is not having good systems. right? I think at the end of the day, everything comes down to systems. That's my personal opinion. And they try too much to be cool. <laughs> You hear what I'm saying? When you're wrapping cars, so think about just the law. Or you cannot display on a vehicle. I'm not sure the exact text. I'm paraphrasing here. But you cannot dis show that that delivery vehicle is delivering cannabis. Right? 
Puffy, I remember, had several cars that were wrapped in Puffy delivery. Mm. Right? Yeah. So like that's just a that's just a small example, right? I don't I don't know what all went on and and who knows, right? Maybe they, maybe everything worked out for them at, at the end. I, I don't know. I, I hope so. But just knowing that you just bought this car, you just wrapped this car, and you can't do anything with it, right? Doesn't doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can't like it's cool if you could actually deliver with it, right? Yeah. Then it's like you know what I mean? Have you seen Domino's? How they have like that Domino's car? But like, of course the image is important, right? But if you don't have those systems in place, who cares what your image is anyways? Because it's not going to last. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. But I also think like when you start throwing up billboards, um, it's nuts. So, yeah. <clears throat> but I think um, I think the industry is, is very hostile, only in certain areas though. Um, to kind of recap, the, the cultivation side of the industry, I think, does a great job helping each other, lifting each other up, um, and we need to, to use them as an example. Um, however, on, on the retail side and the brand side, I think it's very bad, right? It's extremely hostile. Uh, it's very in-your-face, but without having the right things. Um, and I think part of that is because there's only two different kinds of people. There's uh, There's the... The, um, the people that are from the industry before and have never really been in any other industry. And then there are just business people, right? And so there's very few companies that have a mix of the two. And so because of that, they just, they're combating with each other at all times, right? And they're, they're slashing prices. They, they're focusing too much on X and not Y. And you know what I mean? Different things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's hostile. Um, I don't think it's going to it's gonna fix itself anytime soon. Um, I think it's going to, it'll probably get worse before it gets better. Um, but I think as long as, you know what I mean, we continue to kind of be here and, and support uh, those in the industry, then, you know, people then continue to support other people and then other people support other people. And maybe that could kind of reduce the hostility within the industry. And, and I think it'd be really nice. Um, and just kind of work together rather than against each other. So, all right then guys. Well, that's all I got for today's episode, um, on hostility within the industry. Um, thank you guys for watching. Appreciate you. Uh, and see you guys next time. Peace.